Welcome to our podcast today. I'm your host, Megan Kilcary. I'm a pharmacist with the Compounding Center in Leesburg, Virginia, and I am also our new oncology wellness program pharmacist as well, um, which I'll talk to you guys uh, a little bit about later on. I'm really excited to have my great friend and colleague, Rachel Bonner, talking with me today. Um, Rachel is a family nurse practitioner, and we are going to talk to you guys today about fasting or intermittent fasting. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff and information out there already about fasting. Um, but Rachel and I are going to break it down um, into kind of what we each specialize in. Rachel specializes in patients um, for metabolic issues and for menopausal uh, patients. And then I specialize in the um, oncology sector. So. Um, we're gonna. We're really excited to bring this to you today. And um, Rachel, tell us a little bit about yourself and your new practice that you have, and uh, yeah. what's going on with that. And then we'll we'll get into a little more detail about fasting here. Okay. Well, as Megan said, my name's Rachel Bonner. I'm a family nurse practitioner. Um, I've been working in Northern Virginia for over 20 years. Um, I started my career at the former Nova Medical Group, which is now part of Inova. Um, where I had the privilege to work with a lot of different integrative medicine providers. Uh, we did a lot of um, treatment for patients with all kinds of hormone imbalance and just general wellness care. Um, predominantly now, I just recently started my own virtual practice. Um, I do see some patients in person also, but it is predominantly virtual. Um, the name of the practice is Rachel B. Well. Um, I specialize in um, hormone imbalance. Um, I'm trying to aid patients with improving their gut health. Um, I also see patients who want to improve their metabolic health, like in terms of optimizing their weight or their blood sugar. Um, I try to assist them with lifestyle changes and dietary changes um, to prolong their health span. Um, I got into intermittent fasting a few years ago. I just realized it was a really easy way for me to maintain my well, my weight um, and my health. Um, I was going through menopause at that time, and it definitely does help with um, hormone imbalance as well. So it's a good tool for you to use for those patients. Um, the program I did was with Cynthia Thurlow, who is an expert in intermittent fasting for women. Um, I'm now providing programs um, for IF45, that is the name of the program, IF45 Transformation, and it does target women that are in the perimenopause, menopause um, time frame of their life. Um, I will be doing the first program with a colleague of mine, Julie Spencer, who many of you may know, who is also a nurse practitioner in Loudoun County. Awesome. Yeah, that's really exciting um, and so happy that um, we have you as a resource out there in our community. I know so many patients um, that have gone to you over the years and you have really changed their lives with the knowledge that you have. So um, it's it's really exciting that you guys are doing this. So um, let's talk about some of the different types of fasting that are out there. Um, okay. You hear about intermittent fasting, you hear about calorie restriction, you hear about just a straight fast where people aren't eating from anywhere from one to three days. So break it down just a little bit for us and, you know, kind of tell us about like the differences and um, what you like to recommend for patients. 
Okay. I mean, I think that if you're someone who is new to fasting and you're just, you know, starting to consider like what type of fast you would be doing, um, you can first start with what we would call like a simple fast. And maybe that just starts as you're just not eating like three hours before you go to bed at night. Mm -hmm. um, and then the next goal would be to try to figure out like what your optimal feeding window is. Um, I would say that most people will start like just like, you know, maybe restricting their eating for 12 hours so that mm -hmm. they're fasting for 12 hours and then they have an eating window of 12 hours. Um, optimally, we like to try to get those patients to at least to like a 16-8 where you're fasting for 16 hours and eating in like an eight hour window. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, trying to once again, you know, avoid those three hour hours before bed, you know, refraining from eating. Um, the second type of fast that's probably what people hear about the most is called OMAD, where you're eating one meal a day. Um, so that's 24 hours, you know, or about 22 hours of fasting and then like a two hour feeding window, right? So that is really more for the person or the client who is very experienced in fasting, right? So like they would have done the simple fasting, you know, maybe for months or even years before they started um, to try to do a 24 hour fast. Um, there's also other types of fasting in terms of like some where crescendo fasting is another term that we use a lot. Um, there will be people who do like, you know, uh, non-consecutive days of fasting where they will like just fast like two or three days a week. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the fasting mimicking diet, which is a very, you know, kind of um, stringent diet that's more of a low calorie um, diet that you do for like three or four days a month. Um, so you can be really flexible with it. You know, many of my patients or clients will do it for like, you know, mostly during the week and then be a little bit easier themse on themselves, you know what I mean, on the weekend days. Mm -hmm. um, you know, typically, like you're going to benefit the most from fasting if you're following a lower carbohydrate diet. Um, so, you know, you might start with just eating like less than 150 grams of simple carbs, you know what I mean, a day. Um, and then trying to move up to a better goal of less than 100 grams or, you know, even getting down to that best, like optimal goal of less than 50 grams of carbs a day. Um, I think, too, that one thing for women, especially, you know, if they're in their 40s and 50s, most of us aren't getting enough protein in our diet. And that's something we really em emphasize with fasting is trying to get like that one gram per pound of body weight. That's ideal body weight of protein a day, um, which can be really difficult. And so that's why generally we don't recommend the OMAD or the one meal a day fasting for women because it's just too hard for most of us to get our protein um, goals in, in one meal. Right. So aside from obviously the the benefits, I mean, most people you hear about, you know, that are doing different types of fasts are, are doing it in order to lose weight or, or for some kind of weight management. Right. Um, being that you specialize in um, metabolic issues and, and hormones, um, talk to me about some things uh, that you see from those perspectives where fasting, you know, has, has improved people's lives from a hormonal or, or metabolic standpoint. Sure. I mean, I think one of the biggest benefits, honestly, for most patients, like if they do have weight to lose, is just that they're not eating as much, right? So mm -hmm. most Americans, unfortunately, are eating way too much food way too many carbohydrates, way too much high fructose corn syrup, you know, and just eating a lot of foods that are very processed and have a lot of harmful, you know, additives in them. Mm -hmm. um, so we do promote, you know, eating very, a very 
whole foods based, you know, diet with intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest benefits that I see is, you know, that we're kind of keeping your blood sugar more stabilized, right? Mm-hmm. So people are eating all throughout the day, like every couple hours, they're snacking, you know what I mean, or popping something into your mouth. Um, what happens is your blood sugar becomes elevated, right? And so when your blood sugar is elevated, your body responds by producing more insulin. And so insulin is a hormone that we need to drive blood sugar into our cell. But when we have too much insulin in our bloodstream, we start to also have an elevation in cortisol. And then when your cortisol becomes elevated, you have more fat storage, right? So like if you're eating all the time and your insulin levels are always elevated, it's going to be very difficult to lose fat. And with intermittent fasting, the goal is that, you know, you're using your own body's fat stores to provide energy, right? Mm -hmm. So in that sense, you know what I mean? You're going to be in like a, um, you know, an energy, well, what should I say? Like more of an energy deficit in the sense that you're using your fat to promote energy so that your blood sugars becomes more stable. And that in turn makes it easier to lose weight. Sure. And like you were saying with the cortisol, obviously, you know, when your cortisol levels are consistently at those high levels for extended periods of time, Mm -hmm. uh, we can go into periods of adrenal stress and adrenal fatigue over time. And that whole cascade ties in with all of our other hormones, our sex hormones, our thyroid hormones, and they're all interconnected. So you know, obviously from, from that standpoint, like you were talking about, yeah. you know, it's important uh, to maintain those, those blood sugar levels in order to kind of help that whole hormone um, cascade. Right. Overall. So like our goal is that you become what's called more metabolically flexible. So in that sense, you're able to use your fat stores for energy and not just relying on the easy access carbs, you know what I mean? Or glucose um, mm-hmm. for that need. Um, and so with intermittent fasting, it can take patients sometimes weeks or even months to really be able to do that effectively. And what, what I mean is to be able to use their own fat stores for energy. Mm-hmm. So from a, um, from that hormonal perspective too, or, or for your patients who are going through menopause, do you notice that those patients that incorporate, um, intermittent fasting or, or, or some type of fasting, um, do they see, you know, a, a benefit in their in their hormone levels over time, too? Yeah, and I mean, when we talk about hormones, we're not just talking about sex hormones, right? So insulin is a hormone, right? Mm-hmm. Technically, um, you know, ghrelin and leptin, which are other hunger hormones, are affected, you know, favorably with intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, the other big benefit, honestly, you know, too, is just decreasing inflammation in your body, right? So when you have less inflammation, it is much easier for a person to lose weight. Um, you know, you're preserving your lean muscle mass. You're lowering your insulin, like I said, and that helps, you know, to improve um, weight weight goals. Um, I think that, you know, most of us, like I said, are just eating way too often during the day and way too much, you know, carbohydrates in general. So that's the biggest problem in terms of weight loss resistance. And then also women in menopause, like if you're eating a lot of sugar, like I can promise you that those vasomotor symptoms are going to be worse. So mm-hmm. the more glucose and refined sugar that you're eating, you're going to have much more of a difficult time with hot flashes and late sweats. Mm-hmm. And starting to limit those things can really help. And they also help, you know, just improve patients' energy overall. 
Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so switching gears a little bit, I know um, kind of over more to the oncology side, which is where I specialize a little bit um, in as far as, you know, the different um, fasting options go and supplement options go. And I know you and I have talked about this too. Um, one of the big benefits that you get from these fastings um, is a process called autophagy. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I have, have talked about this and yeah. um, that's, you know, uh, a big component in um, obviously the oncology from an oncology standpoint. So, um, and I know you, you work with this a lot too in your IF 45. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll let you lead me in uh, with uh, explaining to our listeners a little bit about autophagy and, and the benefits that um, fasting has on that. Right. So like one of the benefits of intermittent fasting is that you're giving your body what's called like digestive rest, right? So those 16 hours when you're not eating, your body doesn't have to focus as much on that digestive process and put as much attention into, you know, absorbing nutrients and detoxing and, you know, kind of evacuating um, food from your body, right? Um, So this um, piece called autophagy becomes into play, which is basically the process where your body can clear up like old cells, um, kind of break down and eliminate old proteins that are hanging around and really should be detoxed from the body. Um, Also, you have this thing called the migratory motor complex that works in your digestive tract. And what it does is it kind of like sweeps up the undigested food into the colon and it helps to decrease absorption of toxins in the gut. So you're basically letting your body have time to kind of look around and see, you know, what needs to be cleared out, um, what things could potentially be harmful, but now your body has time to detox them um, and, you know, get rid of them. Right. Because, uh, you know, what the longer that these um, toxins can hang around, the more of a detrimental impact they can start having on cellular membranes. And then that's over time, you know, that's when we can start to see those cellular changes that start to occur and the um, mutations in DNA that will then give rise to cancer cells. So um, the, the benefit of um, fasting from the autophagy standpoint is, is huge. Um, and I know you can see a lot of that, too, um, in patients um, who are doing uh, a lot of, like you were talking about, taking three or five days out of a month and just mm-hmm. doing um, like a low calorie restriction mm-hmm. um, kind of intermittent fast. Uh, yeah, I mean, another benefit of autophagy um, for patients and not, you know, I mean, it could be helpful, to be honest, for oncology patients also, is that when you do have digestive rest and, you know, longer fast, you will see an increase in human growth hormone secretion also. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can only help us slow the aging process, which I think that most patients and, you know, people in general are very interested in doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> tumor cells express much higher numbers of glucose receptors and tumor cells utilize glucose to a much higher extent than normal cells do. Mm-hmm. So they are just looking for all of that glucose in our yeah. bodies. So when you can reduce uh, sugar or when you can institute different modes of fasting to get your, you know, lower metabolic rate and, and just lower uh, insulin levels mm-hmm. and glucose levels across the board, then you start to starve out these tumor cells. Right. What, 
obviously helps to then lead to tumor cell death. Um, and I think that probably a lot of people don't realize how important and even cancer prevention it is to really be limiting your, you know, sugar intake in general. Like, cause like you said, Megan, I mean, sugar is what cancer cells, you know, depend on to multiply, um, you know, and overtake, you know, healthy cells. Yeah, exactly. So there's, um, lots of different, uh, techniques that are out there. Um, for oncology patients, um, you know, to, to incorporate fasting into um, a current regimen that they're, that they're already doing um, with the oncologist, um, whether it be fasting leading up to chemo or um, whether it be instituting more of like a ketogenic diet where right. you are extremely limiting the amount of carbohydrates that you intake to really get um, those glucose levels down. Um, mm-hmm. So there are um, lots of interesting um, options um, that are really beneficial to oncology patients out there. Right. Uh, it's funny because, uh, you know, the original thinking was, you know, a lot of times um, patients, when they are going through cancer and fighting cancer, you think, oh, you need food to boost your body and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, basically plump your body up, you know, to, to kind of get it ready. But but that thinking is actually completely wrong. Right. Um, I think you, know, you can look at that like more people say, right? Like feed a cold, starve a fever. Well, exactly. there's definitely some, you know, true research that proves that is the case. Right. <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all of the new research that's coming out is, um, you know, really showing what a huge impact it can have in patients. And so um, I know from you from the metabolic and, and hormone and weight loss perspective and then me from the oncology perspective, um, it's really exciting for us to work with these patients and, and help patients and guide them through the different options that they have um, as far as fasting goes to to really improve their quality of life and, and yeah. their, you know, overall lifespan and just, yeah. And I think too, like, you know, when you talk about intermittent fasting, you know, there are some patients saying, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to do that. Like, I'm not starving myself. Well, we're definitely not starving anyone. You know, mm-hmm. we're promoting a healthier, you know, diet in terms of like increasing your fiber in your diet, you know, mm-hmm. like the lower carbohydrate foods include like a ton of vegetables, right? That are all healthy um, and will help you to optimize your health span and lifespan and keep you healthy in the future. And hopefully you'll never have to deal with, you know, a cancer diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Rachel, this has been really fun to talk with you about today. So thank you for joining me. For our listeners out there, again, um, Rachel Bonner's practice um, is called Rachel Be Well. Um, mm-hmm. We will include the links uh, in the uh, at the end of the video here for you. Um, and then, uh, again, I have our oncology wellness program through the Compounding Center. Um, and if either, if anyone has any questions for either of us, we'll put our emails out there um, mm-hmm. for you to reach out to us. Um, yeah. And thanks again for talking with me. And I hope yeah. we can, uh, I'm sure we'll find something uh, exciting to talk about soon here again. Yes, of course, Megan. It's my pleasure. All right. Thanks, Rachel. Take care. Oh, goodbye. Bye.